0: Hello and welcome to episode 250 of the TPOE podcast. Nothing special, planned, just what we do every week. Really good in-depth chat with an Irish artist. This week is Costa, aka Connor Kelly, from Donabate in North Dublin, who releases his debut album Twilight Transmission on Friday, February 17th. That's this Friday. The same day, he plays a show at the Workman's Cellar to launch the record. Conor only played his first show in December 2021, but since then has supported the likes of Caribou at Ivy Gardens last summer. He has been releasing tracks from the album over the past year. We had him on the TPOE podcast doing a voice note for Vox last summer. And he's also released singles featuring the likes of Jape and Fears. Twilight Transmission is a concept record about a fictional network of interconnected radio stations inspired by the outliers of radio station programming, including Donald Dineen, NTS and Dublin Digital Radio in an increasingly homogenous radio landscape. So I met Connor outside in Trinity last week. It was a little cold, you know, that early spring sunshine. was quite nice a little ambient sound around the place as well which you'll hear but hopefully won't be too much of a distraction hopefully it's a nice listen to as he explains the creative process behind the album how it was made and influenced by lockdown and what it was like to work with connie from fears and richie egan of jape let's take a listen to that track with jape now and get into the chat this is that object spoke to me We'll close out on one of the first tracks Costa made and released from the album Late Night Jazz Radio and you can get Twilight Transmission at costa.bandcamp.com No judgment from the moon
1: Protected profile Attracted to the cause As lost as I am late While flowers are the bed Your soft and silent head Is dreaming of a cow Eternal by the lake We watch the painter paint Imagining release Happening with peace The water from your skin Drips towards the sand Showering the hands.
0: coast to mean? Does it mean coast?
1: Yeah, roughly. Um, I spent a, an inordinate amount of time trying to come up with a name and they were all really, really bad. And I'm not sure what artist I saw who had uh, an Irish, just an Irish play on something, and I just thought of it for a while. I'm from Bay, which is on the north coast, like by the beach, so I was thinking something sea related. And then I had, I think the name that came up with was first one I came up with was, like, Coastal Waves or something like that. And there's a Blood Orange album, like Coastal, it's Coastal something. So once I saw that, I was like, I can't do that. And then I just put two, two and two together, and I was like, oh, okay. So we, I'm going to do, like, the Irish for Coast, and that's what it was. Yeah. The naming is
0: the worst thing about, like, any project, I yeah. think, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also, I don't think I had the... Uh, I don't think yeah, I don't think I had the um the confidence to just release it under my own name, so <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet, anyway.
0: You're launching your debut album Twilight Transmission on the seventeenth in Workman's Cellar, same day it comes out. How are you feeling about the album?
1: Um I'm a little bit nervous. I think I I when I say I'm nervous. I think I'm just I obviously like any artistic endeavour uh, or whatever any any anybody's body a body of work they've put some time into it. I think you want it to you're anxious for it to do well and for people to receive it and stuff like that It's always a danger when you release music that it doesn't connect as you think it will and it's it just ends up you know dying in the Spotify black hole <laughs> um but yeah like I, I'm I'm I think yeah like I'm proud of I'm proud of the album and um like it's probably about two years probably I started it probably around this time two years ago, so a lot of time when I listen back to music I've made from even just a few months ago, I, I think it's crap, so the fact that I can listen back to this album and still feel pretty happy with it, I think' is a good sign, but yeah, like overall um overall, I was just excited for people to hear it, I guess, and hopefully yeah hopefully people do like it do you have to like? sit on it for a while sit on
0: a track and like wait a couple of months before you like listen back to it and just realize oh actually it is crap i need to do more work to it
1: yeah basically in the last i would say in the last year so i've gotten much better at just productivity and just making a lot of stuff uh so what i do is i i have a folder on my on my laptop and i'll make a track i'll try and make a track at, at least some even if it's just a beat or some instrumental part for a track, I try to do one a day and I have a folder that I put it in. And then I go back a couple of months later and if it's worth keeping, I might try and develop it a bit further. Um, a lot of the time it's not worth keeping, but uh, but when I was making the album back at that stage, I was, I was just not as productive in the sense that if I had one good idea for a track, but the rest of it was kind of annoying me, I would work it out until I got it to a point where I was happy with it. So like the album, I think the album is 10 tracks. I'd say if, if I was looking back on it, I only have probably another two or three songs that could have potentially made it. There was nothing else around that time. Like it was just, I literally had 14 tracks and <laughs> I just finished all of those tracks and then I whittled it down to 10 basically. Wow. Are you still making like a, a bit of music a day? So I beat a thing. Well I was away at the weekend so no for, like if I'm at home <laughs> I'll much. try yeah if yeah, I'm yeah. at home I'll try and if you, if you, do it
0: I think that you get a break if you're on holiday like you know. I just
1: yeah I just yeah this is true I just robbed that idea from from Caribou I remember I, um I saw an interview he did where he said that he tries to make one even if it's just something he makes in half an hour and just has a and then he puts it in a folder and goes back through it and kind of whittles down what's good, what's worth keeping, and then what's not. Basically,
0: wow! So just good to constantly keep working and keep like.
1: Yeah, because I think it's like a it's like a muscle almost. If you don't work out, if you don't work on a certain muscle, it's like if you go to the gym and you just work your upper body the whole time, but don't work your lower <laughs> body, your lower body's gonna break down. That's what I. That's the way I, I treat think, making music. If I don't, if I don't make something if i don't continuously try and make something or at least have just have the software ableton software in front of me i kind of forget things and yeah i i think i the last time i took a break it was actually i, I probably was just after finishing the album i think i was away i, I was at, i was actually at primavera in barcelona oh, and then, but then when i got back from primavera i just did nothing for like a month didn't make any music um, when i got back around to making music I don't know I found I was really I, I felt like I'd just forgotten everything that I'd previously learned, you know
0: uh well, you were just broken from primavera I, I was there Possibly, as well, yeah. and uh yeah, it was just like the first festival and like a co- first proper festival in a couple of years, and yeah just felt a bit broken afterwards
1: <laughs> which weekend were you at uh, we went to both of them, which okay. was like
0: a ter like it was a terrible idea you know? <laughs> we were just like like uh shells of our former selves
1: did you uh, the the first day was quite interesting, where it, you literally couldn't get a drink. Oh man, it was the it was so bad. Like we queued. They fi- they fixed it like but, yeah, like uh, only after mass outrage on social media. Yeah, yeah. I think we queued up for oh, that was before, yeah, because Tame Impala were the headliners on the first night. I think it was, but it was supposed to be the Strokes, and then the Strokes pulled out, and we queued for we were queuing up to get a drink. And we queued for an hour, so by the time we got to the top of the queue, we'd gone from just buying one drink to Let's just get drinks for everybody in the group and not have to do this again for the rest of the night. Yeah, it was, pr- I and mean, we couldn't even get like you couldn't even get water. They, there was queues. You had to queue up like to. It's so bad. Yeah, it was shocking. And th- there was other stuff over the course of the weekend,
0: like when Charlie X was playing. I think the following yeah. weekend in kind of the dance beachy area, like they had closed the bridge and people were like, it was getting just trapped on the up. island almost. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, Jesus. You're you're are you
1: going back this year? No. I'm not as sold on it this year yeah, to I don't be honest. Yeah, a lot of
0: people are. I'm not going either but that's unrelated to the lineup. Yeah.
1: Home. I do I, I had a great time and like Barcelona is a great city obviously. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know like the, the group of friends I went with last year. I don't like I don't hate the lineup this year but the group of friends I went with last year they really don't like the lineup so I there was a few acts on it like I'd love to see Darkside I've never seen Darkside before like I've seen most of the artists on it anyway I've seen Blair a few times I've seen Kendrick a few times um, I'm sure there's other artists that I'm missing out on but yeah the wrestle the lads aren't really too keen on it so we're looking at other festivals abroad but I don't know nothing's really sticking out I actually think the Irish festivals I think all together now in particular has a better lineup than most of the festivals. Yeah, yeah,
0: like, I'd recommend it if uh, people are thinking about going to a festival. I, th- I thought it was great last year. Yeah. Beneath the Pale looks really good as well this year.
1: Yeah, both of those are the two that stick out to me as well. Um, Alt- yeah, I loved Altogether now. Last summer it was probably possibly the most fun I've ever had at a festival. Yeah. It was just so good. <laughs> I-, I think it was because I just knew so many people there. I just kept on bumping into people who I didn't know were at the festival. Was it last summer that you were supporting Caribou? Was yes. The summer before? Yeah. Last summer. How, how was it? Uh, probably, like, the mm-hmm. best.
0: Ivy Gardens. Yes. Across probably, the
1: city. Probably the... Uh, yeah, probably one of the best days of my life. I'm not going to lie. He uh, sounds like he's a big influence. Massive. Like, I... I don't know if you know the website Last Fm.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm still... I've been on there 15 years. Baby. Really? <laughs> so
1: am I. Yeah, I'm like... You're, like, only the fourth person I know who still <laughs> uses it. Alongside my friend Ciaran and Nighter9. Yeah, so... I looked back on... My last f m to sort of track when was the first time I'd actually listened to caribou and it was like two thousand and eleven that that was so bizarre how it came about um so I just come back from primavera I think it was only back a couple of weeks from primavera um hadn't opened, like hadn't literally had an opened Ableton number and don't don't anything music related uh and the week we caribou caribou was so good at primavera that. A friend and I were trying desperately to get tickets and just couldn't because the RV Gardens gig was sold out from, it was supposed to originally happen in 2020. So we tried to get tickets, couldn't get tickets anywhere. Um, So we gave up. And the Monday of the gig, gig, Leagues uh, Leagues O'Toole from Foggy Notions just sent me a message. Um <laughs> it was actually kind of a bit uh it was kind of a bit uh, startling at first because he just said um, Where are you? <laughs> Can you take a call? <laughs> I went to Monday afternoon, what could be so urgent? Uh so he rings me up and was like, Yeah, do you want to support Caribbean? And I I literally started laughing on the phone at him. Um But yeah, the courtesy was originally supposed to be the sports lot and she um I think she got COVID or whatever. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing, like, he, like, Dan from Caribou, was just so nice as well, just so supportive, he, I, I came off, I don't really get nervous before gigs, but I was nervous before that one, obviously, played the gig, came off stage, and Dan was sitting there, and he sat beside my friend Kieran for the whole gig, watched the whole set, so, yeah, like, it was, yeah, it was a dream, and I still, I looked, when I was looking back in the year, and I had, like, some of the photographs from that, I just, I just started laughing again, I just couldn't believe that I'd actually done that. Um, did you get to talk to him? Like, did you get, yeah, he was...
0: Like, you're like asking advice and
1: stuff I, like yeah, that? Yeah, I got to chat to him before uh, before the gig and then after the gig. And then after they'd come off stage, I got to chat to him as well. And he was just really supportive, just said just to keep keep doing your stuff. Like, you know, he says, you've obviously got... We've got something going, just keep... In fact, we were mostly just talking about... We were mostly just talking about Fortet, because like, Fortet is <laughs> God to me. And like, Fortet's his best friend, so... It was, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but it's a funny anecdote which kind of gives perspective to every artist, I guess. But we were talking about that, that Four Tet track he, had, he released last summer, Looking at Your Pager, uh, or he has it under the KH moniker, and it was just every festival you went to, that song was being played. And uh, we were talking about that track, and, and Dan was like, isn't it so annoying how Kieran always has the banger of every summer? <laughs> just, you're, you, you've like done so much, and you're—it just shows the perspective, I guess. Of, yeah, it shows that it's always perspective at artists. <laughs>
0: uh, your album is called Twilight Transmission. Was it made all at night? That's kind of the vibe that it gives off—that it's a late night listen.
1: Yeah, that was that was the intention, but I'm not very. Yeah, like a lot I would say it was kinda of half and half. I, I don't really I don't really work that late to be honest. I'm not one of those people who stays up till three o'clock in the morning making music. Um I find them more productive during the day. The way so the way I make music is kind of like it's a fairly simple setup. It's mostly just done through the computer. I have a couple of little bits here and there, instruments or whatever, but it's mostly done through the computer, so a lot of the time like I have a little home studio, but a lot of time I could just be sitting on the couch and I'd have my headphones on and just make music that way. So, yeah, it was kind of like I would say I would say it was half and half between um, half and half between daytime and nighttime or evening time. Um, but it was definitely the idea behind the album was a late night listen, and it was heavily inspired by late night radio.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Do you see it as a concept?
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. So the first track I made from the album was Late Night Jazz Radio. And that was maybe that was made in like 2020. So that was made during one of the first lockdowns. So basically I was in a, I was in a box room in my mum and dad's house and like my grandma was staying with us and stuff like that. Just it was in the first lockdown and I I don't know about you but I like I I quite enjoyed the the first lockdown it was almost like a reset yeah
0: the novelty of it
1: yeah I was I was working a job that I hated and I got let go I got laid off which was actually a blessing in disguise because I hated it anyway um and yeah you're just I, I think the weather was quite nice during the first lockdown and stuff as well so I realized that I hadn't really listened to radio for years and I just got back into radio as a form of I don't know almost like replacing the social aspect replacing meeting up with friends and stuff like that I would just put on the radio and I just found a lot of Irish radio was just awful to be honest like it was just so you difficult.
0: have to you have to distinguish I think between like daytime radio which is terrible yeah. and like there are really good shows across y- nighttime yeah and well, across stations as oh well. for
1: sure no there's but that like that was what I discovered over time but what I also realized is that they just keep they keep on pushing those shows further and further into the evening. Yeah, later and later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because when I grew, when I was growing up, when I was in school, uh, when I was in, yeah, when I was in primary, this is mad. Like to think back on when I was in primary school, I used to have, I'd have a radio in my room and I'd, I'd stay up till f- mad hours, listen to Donald Under Radio Show on today FM and stuff. I've just discovered some. I I put that on and I would just be like, there's so many. Just these playing just crazy stuff like African music and music from Asia, and just stuff that I would have never even known about otherwise. And I had a real fondness for that. So during the first lockdown, um, during the first lockdown, I got back into listening to late night radio and stuff, and and coincidentally, Donald started uh, a podcast or a podcast around that time. So I was listening to that quite a bit, and then I made late night jazz radio as a sort of ode to late-night radio. And then it just planted a seed of, that could be a bigger project, I guess. Uh, and after that, yeah, so after that, the concept kind of took place. But it, yeah, so, sorry, long story short, after a long tangent, <laughs> um, yes, that is the It is a concept. The concept is essentially a, a late-night, uh, interconnected late-night radio broadcast. What uh, happened after... Uh, that first track
0: so like then you get the idea for it how do you actually like um, plan it out or make
1: it start to become more real? So I didn't as I said back then particularly I was quite slow at progressing things so I think I finished Late Night Jazz Radio in the summer of 2020 Um, it's hard to know what the next track was. Um, You were just making
0: music all the time?
1: Yeah but uh well no not necessarily not the around that time in 2020 during so we had the first lockdown then we came out of lockdown and then we went back into lockdown so i don't know i i really after saying i really enjoyed the first lockdown the second lockdown was torture because we just kind of had had a little bit of a glimpse of socializing and being back with friends and stuff like that and seeing like my brother my brother had literally moved out A month before the pandemic so i'd barely seen him for much of the year and we're like we're really close so it was just sort of yeah i found the the second lockdown quite tough and i didn't do much in relate in relation to music uh and then yeah so the third lockdown the one that was after christmas in 2021 was when things really went into motion and that was mostly to do it i sat down and i was just going through youtube and trying to find old radio broadcasts and stuff like that. So a lot of the samples are just from old YouTube videos.
0: Oh, okay. I was, I was wondering, like, some of the samples. So it was literally just, like... YouTube, YouTube wormholes. YouTube, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Um, I know that that was... Uh, Vox is one of the singles that you released, and you talked about that, that it's sampling old 80s and 90s um, yeah. uh, women selling their wares at markets.
1: Yeah, so that, um, that, that was... I was I did an in another interview last week, and that was one of the questions and uh I think people are surprised that when they hear that so the 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 bit of audio is a woman just is a woman working on the more the she's working on morcery, uh on a stall and she's making like ceramic f- her family made f- ceramic flowers um but this was in the early 80s and she was the last of her family that still had a stall on Moore Street selling this particular brand of ceramic flowers and she's obviously just talking about how they're being pushed out off the streets and the rest of the it's like a five minute it's like a five minute short piece that Or on an RT news broadcast and it for the most part it's around Christmas time so it's really positive for the most part apart from this one part which is really negative and obviously I took the, <laughs> the negative part from it but um I it just it just struck me as something that was really interesting that gentrification was happening back then as well. I just assumed it was a modern phenomenon, really, but it was happening in the '80s as well. Yeah, so stuff like that, those kind of those little clip, those little samples and stuff like that, were just came from watching YouTube videos when I was bored in this third lockdown. Really,
0: do you see that as a theme of the album as well? That even though it's clipped from the '80s and stuff like, you obviously chose it for a reason. So is it something that you can? Uh, relate to is it something that you think about a lot the gentrification of dublin nowadays like that comes up on the video for late night jazz cafe as well which i was watching earlier uh it's you during a lockdown and you're going around to all the sites of the former clubs yeah Uh, what what little are are (laughs) left of them now
1: yeah that, that was actually a funny uh a funny shoot um i'll tell you about that in a minute but yeah that that was around that time i think it was it's pretty. It still is re- pretty relevant, I guess. Uh, the gentrification of Dublin and the lack of venues and spaces and, uh, for creative endeavors. I think, yeah. But it was definitely heightened during during the lockdowns because, like, uh, do you know the? Uh, I'm sure you've you've seen this Midfield Market that they used. I think nine or nine had an event on there for Culture Night where he had a few DJs in and. Oh yeah, the the garden. Yeah. But during lockdown, that was like that. That used to be a, a fruit and veg market. During lockdown, it was used to store materials for, I don't know, some Hilton hotel that was being built. So it was basically the Hilton hotel were renting it out. And this dragged on until literally about six months ago, I'd say they were still storing their stuff over the summer, even after we were out of lockdown. So that kind of thing just annoys me. Um, because it's, it's those kind of spaces you can use for something other than corporate entities I guess so yeah like that sort of stuff was definitely definitely a a big a big takeaway I think Um, big issue I guess in Dublin at the time Uh, it still is Um, but yes the late the day we shot the Late Night Chance radio video uh, it was with my friend so one of my good friends agreed to to be the star of the video and cycle around on his bike and uh, my other friend Jack shot the video but the plan was to really emphasise how bleak Dublin kind of was during lockdown and it really was bleak. I don't know if you were in Dublin or not during lockdown. I was,
0: yeah. I moved up during the first lockdown and then for the first year, people were like, what's it like to live in Dublin? Well, it's great. There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> because, there's, you know, there was yeah, nothing open. And
1: I, I went, I've, one of the nights I visited, I I went over to my friend's house. Um, and. I was walking back through town afterwards. And this is at about, I'd say, half ten, eleven o'clock. And the streets were just dead. There was nobody, nobody around. Uh, sadly, apart from a couple of homeless people. Other than that, there was nobody around. Um, it was dystopian. And I just, that kind of, really in my head, I had that as an idea for the video, that we were, we'd go around Dublin and emphasize how bleak it was. But also to emphasize the amount of, venues that had closed down so we went to i don't know if you know andrew's lane where hangar used yeah, to be yeah. we went around there which is now a hotel and stuff but the day we shot it just so happened to be uh i think it was in april of 2021 so it just so happened to be the the day that the 5k limit was re- removed so town was crazy like, there was just people drinking on the streets <laughs> everywhere uh, this wasn't the vibe we wanted at yeah, all yeah no, well, we, we were outside whelan's and we had the shot we got outside in the video there's a 10 second clip outside whelan's it took us 45 minutes to get that shot because every time mark my friend mark would cycle into shot somebody else would come in like with groups of lads with cans or something would come into the shot so yeah basically what i'm saying is i'm a fraud and that video it doesn't actually hold any water <laughs>
0: uh do you like still enjoy living in dublin and kind of you know have mates around do you thinking about emigrating or anything like that i mean like it seems like for djs there are opportunities there but it seems like there's also plenty bigger opportunities uh in europe Berlin, yeah. lisbon
1: i do love dublin to be fair uh look i previously lived in toronto i lived in toronto for a year uh, and i've done quite a bit of traveling and stuff but i I did it did really make me appreciate Dublin when I got back. Uh like there's a lot of problems with Dublin but most of my friends are still here, thankfully. Um I think we have a with we have a thriving a thriving gig scene which is like my main interest. I love going to gigs, so there's always stuff on in Dublin to do. Um yeah, like my fam- my family are all pretty much here, my friends, most of them are here as well. Uh I've kind of accepted that I've probably probably never own a house but like that's that's just another aside really um i have yeah like i mean i've uh yeah obviously when you go to cities like berlin or lisbon or london and stuff like that you realize yeah there are definitely more opportunities i guess so that the only reason i probably would move away is is probably just to build on connections and stuff because you do you do you do see artists who move to i don't know a berlin or a london and they automatically they're just already connecting with so many more people involved um, and other musicians as well yeah like exactly <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like I feel like you i feel like you can really sort of uh yeah you can really get a leg up by just going somewhere like London having yeah just it, just mingling with mingling with a few prominent artists you know
0: but you do have uh, some collaborations on the album as well you have uh, Jape on one of the tracks you that's released lo- on that's a lovely
1: segue Jesus <laughs> and
0: uh, Fears as well yeah. on
1: one of the tracks do you, uh, which one came first um uh the the Jape track was finished first the idea for the track with Fears was a lot longer like so Fears Connie is one of my it was one of my friends and uh I think we actually became good friends during the first lockdown because um, she had used have a show, or She might still have a show on Dublin Digital Radio, but she was looking for unreleased tracks, like just unreleased, unmastered tracks, basically demos. So I sent her. I sent her an unreleased. Tr- actually, I think the track I sent her was "As the Rain Fell," which is the second track on the album. But this is uh, like a much more skeletal version of the track. Um, and we just like we just became really good friends during the. F- during that period. And I had the idea to have her on a track for ages, but I think I asked her to do it. I asked her to do the track, um, but her album was coming out, Or yeah, so it would have been in 2021 when I asked her to do the track, but her album was coming out and she was really busy and stuff like that. Um, and event, eventually, she so her, her album came out, she did some bits around that, and then I kind of sent her an instrumental I sent her a couple of instrumentals, but she did. She just did her. She didn't really feel her voice fitted in, on either of them. So this would go back and forth, and we would just send each other demos. Um, I think half the time we ha, like none of the demos we sent each other we liked. It was weird. It was at first we thought something was going somewhere, and then one of us would just be like, ah, "That's not great, is it?" And eventually, I think it was this. I think it was earlier around this time last year. Maybe she just sent me a vocal and. I made the track in about 30 minutes. It was just one of those. Oh, so you made the track to ter- her vocals? Yeah. It's usually the other way around, I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Jape the track was the other way around. Um, yeah, Connie just sent me a vocal. She just said, oh, I actually really like this vocal. I don't even know if she sent it to me with the intention of me doing something with it. I think she just sent it to me saying, like, so oh, I really... just like, it. listen how
0: great my voice is.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, probably, yeah. That probably will be something Connie would do. Um... So she just sent it to me and I made the track. Yeah, I made the track in 30 minutes really. It was that one came together quite easy after all of the prolonged period of other bits. That's so funny. Like you hear so often
0: like people say something like that and you think like it's almost a cliché but it's just like it just happens. yeah. Like yeah you don't know that it's going to happen and then suddenly boom.
1: I just uh, yeah, I heard her vo- I heard her vocals. Uh, when I heard the vocals I just thought this sounds like this sounds like something this sounds a little bit like Massive Attack teardrop. You know, the, the, our, that that I was the vibe I was going for anyway. I think I was just, obviously just keen to just get the track done. So I just did it really quickly. But even I think, even Connie was a bit surprised when I sent her something back later that day. <laughs> she was like, what? How <laughs> have you made something this quickly? Uh, which is weird because the rest of the tracks like took a lot longer. Um, Like it took me ages to finish pretty much all the tracks. Like I, like some of the, all I would say all of the tracks would be started, and then I would take a month or so to finish them, or even longer, maybe.
0: And um, what about the Jape collaboration that Object ah. spoke to me? Um, was that harder? Was that that was when the beats came first? Yeah. Did you have Jape in mind for it, Rich Egan? Oh
1: yeah. Ah, oh, that was hilarious. I just uh, I just was stretching my arm. Really, I sent him an email to see if he'd collaborate on a track. Had. No, no idea that he, I didn't even, I honestly didn't even think he'd respond. Uh, but then he emailed me back and said that he'd previously bought my EP on Bandcamp, which was really cool. So Richie lives in, Richie lives in Malmö, so he makes like, he makes a load of, he makes TV soundtracks, or children's TV soundtracks. So he's very, extremely busy most of the time. He said that he had a couple of things to do for a couple of months, but that he'd get back to me. So I sent him an instrumental And about six months later, I just got an email out out of the blue from him, and he'd sent me something back. And he'd just taken it in a completely different direction. He'd added, not only did he just sing on it, but he added added a a synth line and other bits. But it was about 10 minutes long, the thing he sent back to me. Whereas the original instrumental I sent him was probably only five minutes. So he just stretched it out by about 10 minutes. I was like, this is mad. This is amazing. But I have to fucking break this. I have to break this thing down and make it a bit more... You can't you can you can't release a ten minute song on your debut album like. No. So. I don't think so. No. I'm a
0: fan. I'm a fan of like really really long songs. Oh,
1: so am I. Yeah, but uh, we both decided yeah it'd be better to make this a little bit more concise, especially if it's gonna be a single. Uh, to make release it little... the Snyder cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at some point maybe it's it's still on my laptop somewhere. Maybe it'll come out. Maybe we'll do a remix album and it'll come out. But yeah, it's a dream because I just always yeah I just always love James music and like I think I think fl- he's one of our. He's one of our great modern artists in the sense that he always evolves. He's always he's always moving things on, moving things forward. Um, he released a great album in twenty twenty two as well.
0: very little press for it. He was on the Nile or Nine podcast. I, I don't think I saw any other yeah. interviews with him. But he's just one of these guys. Like every time that he releases an album, I'm like, yes. Yeah. And he's also like had one of the most influential bands in Ireland as yeah. well. In the Richter, or, sorry, in the, the Redneck, Redneck Manifesto. Manifesto. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's one of the great success stories, I think. Um, that Yeah, the album he released last year was brilliant. And he told me about that. I was texting him when he told me about that. And he just said, like, yeah, it's pretty much all this instrumental. And I just had this Casio, just found this Casio synth that I really liked and made the whole thing on that. Uh, I was like, that's fucking mad. Like, you've just made it on just one synth. You've just made the whole album. Um, and, yeah, he's, uh, he's amazing. He's just been so supportive. As I said, he lives in Malmo has this amazing i was on facetime doing one time and he has this amazing home studio just like the dream like all these old classic dusty synths and yeah it's, it's studio it just looks incredible anyway but anytime i ask him any anytime i ask him any for advice or just questions about a certain synth or because i'm slowly trying to slowly trying to work my way into buying a couple of synths so i can evolve things along a bit and he's always just he just has a always has a detailed breakdown of the instrument involved or like what's the what's the pros and cons of it it's amazing it's, it's almost like having uh it's like a, it's great to have a sounding board like that who's obviously done it all been there done that you know
0: have you started making new music since the album have you started any other collaborations
1: that you want to say um mm, i yeah i've made making a lot of music in the last six months uh whether any of it is any good or not i don't know um i guess i'll as I said, it the method of making something and just dumping it in a folder like no, it's, it's I send it to I send it to a mate the other day. Uh, so my friend Kieran does all the mixing and mastering on my tracks and stuff. And I said I just sent him a, a screenshot of my of the folder I have, and it's all just you know. At this stage, I don't even have names to them. It's just January second, January third. So it's just all these folders from the various days. So the music that's I'm making now at the moment is definitely quite a bit different and it's purposely different. I want it to go in a different direction. I thought my favourite artists of all time were all artists who evolved their sound on every album and didn't just kind of stay in the same, same niche. Like, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to sort of evolve and progress. No collaborations as of yet, but I have a couple in mind. But... Um, it's really dependent on the people involved and I don't really wanna <laughs> Yeah throw yeah, them yeah. on the bus either. Uh you happy with the debut album? Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. Uh, uh as I was saying earlier, like a lot of the time I make music and I dump it in a folder or I I leave it for a few months and when I come back to it I really don't like it. And even some of the early tracks I would have released I listen back to it. I do not say I cringe but I listen back to it and I think, Yeah, I could have done this, this and this better Whereas I listen back, listen back to the album and I'm still pretty happy with it, so I think that's, I think that's a, a good sign. Um, if particularly a lot of the tracks, as I said, were made in 2021, so um, that's yeah, like pretty much almost two years ago for most of it. So if, if I listen back to it, I'm still pretty happy with it. I think that's a, a good place to be. Does
0: it make you think of lockdown when you're
1: listening back to it? Are you like oh a little God. bit, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, some 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 positive thoughts and some negative thoughts, I guess. Yeah, but I also used the the making of an album as it was basically a yeah, it was something that's kind of sustained me through that period. Particularly the, the third lockdown, the one that was after Christmas in twenty twenty one, was just so bleak. Like I it was, the, I think we had a five k a five k travel limit for much of that period. I was, I it was just awful. I thought, um, and obviously because of the weather, it was cold and it was dark and. Um so when I listen back to the album I can I actually feel quite proud that I managed to come out with something I managed to actually come out with something from that period even one of my friends said to me recently like <laughs> you know well you know the two years of the pandemic at least you have something substantial to show for it as opposed to us who've just had two years taken away from us work, working in a working in the box room from home on Zoom calls all day but, uh, yeah, like, as I said, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty proud of it. And, yeah, as I said, you don't really know, how, how things are going to land, but hopefully, hopefully people enjoy it, I guess.
0: Um, what plans have you for the live show?
1: So I, my live show, when I first started playing gigs uh, with this project, I asked a couple of people just for some advice on what to do. And everyone said to me, don't DJ yet. Don't don't DJ yet because the DJing market in Dublin is so oversaturated. Develop a live show where you're actually playing your own tracks and stuff, um, and that's what I did. And it was obviously the best advice. I, it was actually David from Foggy Notions who advised me of this, and they they obviously booked me for the caribou gig, so it worked out in spades. Um, so yeah, I I usually play. It's it's kind of it's usually a, a continuous set where I would play every tr- every track would have a transition that goes into the next it's all running through Ableton on my laptop I have a a keyboard I have a couple of MIDI controllers which trigger sounds and stuff from the from the laptop Um, and a couple of other bits as well Uh, but it's very much like a it's it's all my own tracks and it's like it's some of it is pre-recorded audio but it's when you play it live you kind of manipulate it and take the tracks in a different direction so It'll mostly be tracks from the album, but probably in a different context than people will hear it on the album.
0: Cool. Well, best luck with it. Best luck with the album as well, and thanks for the chats in the glaring sun in Ambient
1: Trinity. <laughs> thanks very much, you.